Indeed, it is a brand new day. And so we give God thanks this morning for today. And so as we come to worship this morning, let us worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Uh, God deserves and God asks us this morning to worship him in spirit and in truth. So this morning as we worship, I'm just going to ask you to forget about everything else. Forget about your cares. Forget about your problems. For the next few moments we have, let's just worship God this morning. Shall we stand for prayer? Yes, Heavenly Father, we just worship you this morning. We give you glory, Lord God. We thank you for another day. God, indeed you are in this place. Because your word declares that where two or three are gathered here in our midst. We have exceeded that number this morning. And so, Lord, as we worship you this morning, help us to just concentrate on you. Help us to worship you this morning. Help us, oh God, to send up some praise and some blessings, God. Help us to bless your name this morning. And so you, in turn, will bless us. And so, God, we just ask you to direct this proceeding this morning. Bless your word unto our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, you made my heart a garden filled with flowers. And green grass like a carpet kissed by the morning dew. You bless the seeds of love I sow. of kindness so 
your mercy never fails me in all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of
that God has not been faithful to. You know how I know that? Because he said he would be faithful. He said he would always be there, that he would never leave us nor forsake us. So I know that we all can stand up and say that all my life he has been faithful. And all my life you have been faithful.
was bound straight for hell. But Duran, you know what? Oh, but then she
Thank you, Lord, for just ministering to our hearts. Thank you for just being in this assembly this morning. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name.
you do and I'm not trying to judge who you are in Christ or what you're doing I struggle with my own life and I struggle with my own walk with God and as I struggle and live every day I realize God opens my eyes to things sometimes sometimes when I don't hear something directly I worry and I sit around and I think and I'm trying to keep my mind busy but my spirit is fighting it but I, I fight the uh, battle of trying my best to hear the word of God, of what God is trying to say to me. It's not so much of putting a sermon together. It's not so much of hearing uh, special words that match each other and, and make you uh, go away saying, I learned something today. There's teachers that do a lot better job at that than I do. But I want you to understand something that I felt like God had spoke to me Friday I was trying to write scriptures down. I had a bunch of scriptures wrote down, and my wife said, well, you got enough for two, two sermons. You're going to do Sunday or Sunday night? And I said, no. Well, I wrote all them scriptures down. She copied them on the computer, and then I had to ignore them this morning for a minute because God spoke to me Friday about something else. And I want you to hear it because when I began to read this scripture, I begin to cry like a little child. Why? I don't know about you. Have you ever gave your heart to God? Do you know him as your Savior? Have you ever walked with him a little ways? Has he ever, have you ever felt like you failed him since you've been a Christian? Have you ever felt like as a failure that he has turned from you? Let me tell you something. One of the scariest things you ever go through is when you feel like God has turned his face from you. When you feel like I can't reach God. I know his presence. I know what he was saying to me in this, in this 30th chapter of Psalms is where I want you to go, if you will. I just made up my mind this morning. I had to read this. I couldn't get away from it. But I want you to hear it because I know what God was saying to me. And I want to hear it because, see, I see people not all the way in. I see people not striving to feel God's presence. And King David was this man that walked with God. He knew God's presence. He knew God's spirit. When he failed, he said, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Can I tell you something? Life's hard. The, the enemy doesn't go sit down because you made up your mind you're going to live for God. He doesn't run and hide from you. He's going to keep knocking on your door. He's going to keep discouraging you. 
And I thought, when I went and seen Carrie, I thought about this scripture. And I thought of how hard she's having it. She just was striving as, as an elderly lady to fulfill her days with her family and, and try to uphold all that she could do. And with no fault of her own, she ends up in a wreck. And she ends up broken hearted, broken body, and don't know why she's there. Didn't kill her, it just maimed her to where she can't do what she was doing. And she's found out nobody seems to be able to help her. Listen to the 30th chapter of Psalms. I want you to go to verse 3. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. How many ever knew they were heading for hell? How many knew they were heading for destruction? But see, David knew that. And that's why he wrote this. Now what you hear is that I should not go down to the pit. Then it says, sing unto the Lord, O you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. In my worst day, I know Jesus is holy. In my worst day, I know he's the one that I need to go to. He's my friend. He's the one that's been there when nobody understood. My wife can't understand. My kids can't understand. I love them. But can I tell you, just like Carrie, she's got kids, but they can't help her. Can I tell you, nobody can help you. You're on your own. You go to the hospital, you're on your own. You don't want to go there. Nobody's asking to go. But the day has a wreck or something happens, you go and you find out they don't want nobody else in there and they don't want to help you. They're not able to. They can only take care of the little problems you, brought, you might have broke, but they don't care about your compassion. They don't care about your heart. They're not interested in helping you and encouraging you. That comes from above. That comes from God. It says, verse 5, listen to David. For his anger endures but for a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now listen to me. David knew that no matter what he's going through, joy comes in the morning. No matter how hard it was on Nikki to have a wreck and, and what she's dealing with, can I tell you something? There's joy in the morning when you hold on to God. Even David knew that. He said, in my prosperity, David said, I said, I shall never be moved. More or less, David saying, I've got a strong hold on God. And you know what? I'll never be moved. I've got, I've got everything's worked out for me because I've got my hand on God. Now listen to me, Christian. Because it says in verse 7, Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Then, then it says, thou did hide thy face, and I was troubled. Wow, Bobby, that, that struck me. I thought David knew God wasn't around. David was trying to stir himself up to talk to God, but he realized, God, you hid your face from me. 
I can't reach you, Lord. I'm scared, Lord. I'm a fearful. I don't know why. You've turned your face. You know what it made me think of? It made me think of what Jesus said when he was dying on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was probably the hardest thing that he dealt with was to know as he took on our sins that the heavenly father had to turn his face from his own son. Have you ever felt like God turned his face from you? Have you ever felt like that all of a sudden you can't reach him? You must have failed him. You feel like a failure. You feel defeated. Then David said, I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made my supplication. That's my earnest prayer. What profit is there in my blood, David said, when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. And to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Lord, my God. I will give thanks unto thee forever. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen. God will turn your hardest day into dancing. God will turn your hardest days into joy in the Lord. How many knows your strength is in the joy of the Lord? But if you don't go and stick with the strength, you stick with the joy of the Lord in your life. Guess what the enemy will do? He'll tell you the Lord don't care about you. You're not important to the church, to your family, to nobody else. And before you know it, you've decided, I just step back, I'm miserable. And that's where the devil wants you. But the joy of the Lord in my life is my strength. So why wouldn't I go and say, you know what? Praise his name. I'm going through a hard day, so praise his name. I'm having a rough time, so praise his name. I'm sick, but praise his name. You got to make up your mind, I'm going to fight this off because the joy of the Lord in me is my strength. And I got to rise up in strength. You need him, I need him every day. It's what we need. God's not changed. He hasn't changed all the way back. He's never changed. In the 38th chapter of Job, you don't have to turn there, but I want to, I want to read you a couple things. Number one, it's talking about, God's talking about his creation. When he looked at Job after Job had not heard from the Lord and Job had been away and Job couldn't get God to answer him. He cried out to him and he couldn't get no answer. Guess what Job, when God finally answered Job, he, he said to Job, where was thou? Verse 4 of 38, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Now I thought about that and I thought, you know what, Job? You ain't got no right to questioning God. I got no rights to question God. I don't hear from him sometimes. I just wait. 
I wait, I pray, I stay in my word, I keep waiting. And one day, just like Friday, when I grabbed that scripture and I started reading it, God began to fill my little room up with his presence. And I knew he was talking to me about the times that I'm away and you don't feel me. See, Job was away from God. It's like all the trials and all the tragedy that had gone in his life. He didn't understand it. God didn't even give him the answer. He just said, where was you when I had done all this? Where was you who, who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who hath laid the cornerstone thereof? Listen to what he says after this. Now I want you to hear this, Christian. Verse 7. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. When God created everything, man was the last part that he created. But it says here that the sons of God and the stars gathered together and began to sing. Why? Because what God had done, nobody else could do. And when he created them stars, they came together and began to shout joy to the, to the heavenly father that created all things. You know one place he said, if you don't sing, if you don't shout and praise me, the rocks are going to cry out. Well, I'm going to tell you, the stars cried out together. They sang together, and I think they sang pretty good. I can just imagine they sang pretty good. But then it says, the sons of God, and that's probably the angels. But it says, the sons of God shouted for joy. We as the church ought to be shouting for joy. Don't you know that he's coming soon? Don't you know all of this troubled world ain't never going to get better? I don't care how much money you make out of it. I don't care how good your family is. I don't care how precious they are to you. Can I tell you, you're on your own. You need to praise the Lord. And you need to have joy inside of you. And when, when your children come up to you, tell them Jesus will take care of it. Amen. Quit playing half in, half out. Quit believing half of it and not the other half. Amen. Believe the whole works of God. Amen. He's already paid all the price. That's why he said that to Job. Where were you when I'd done all of this? What are you doing, questioning me? I put it all together. I made man. Where were you? Job had no, he had no, and Job eventually, and you find that out in around, I think, 41 or 42, he puts his hand over his mouth. I got nothing to say, Lord. I zipped it, Lord. I got no complaints. Praise God. Nehemiah. No, not Nehemiah. I'm going to go to Luke 2. This was the second. It said in Luke 2, verse 10, the angel said unto them, he's talking to the shepherds. Listen to this, you've heard this all your life. It says, and the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy. Why is it such a great joyous day that those, that day those shepherds were standing on the field and the angel said, I come to you and tell you this is a day of great joy. Why? What makes great joy in your life? 
You know what joy is? It's being happy. It's being blessed. It's being, it's being exuberant. It's being excited. You ought to have joy going on inside of you. Every one of us that know that Jesus forgave us of our sins, knows what our past was, knows what his promises are, we ought to be shouting for joy. Don't you dare let the devil tell you you're somebody of yesterday. You are not that person no more. He set you free. But he said on this day, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's what the angel's talking about the great joy was about. See, he's talking to little old shepherds, and they had to leave where they was at and go find out where, because it was on that day that the shepherds were there. Not the wise men. The shepherds were there on that day he was born. Now, we'll go to the wise men in Matthew 2. Matthew 2 says, verse 9, And when they heard the king, they had went to Jerusalem, those wise men who followed the star, and they went to Jerusalem, and they said, Where is the king? Where is he that was born king of the Jews? And they went to the king that was already king of the Jews, and he could not handle it. How many knows he didn't like it? But he says here in verse 9, And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went, them, went before them till it came and stood over where the youth, where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Let me tell you something. If you walk out here tonight and you see a star leading you somewhere, and you follow that star. And when you get to the end of it, God's there. I'm going to tell you something the other day. Nobody's going to shut you up. And you're going to shout great joy. Because that's exactly what God has done in your life. He has led you to the Savior. He's led you to this place where you realize I was lost, but now I'm found. See those wise men that came looking for him. They didn't understand what this king was doing, but all they knew is when they left, the star came right back up and started leading them to where he was. Praise God. They had great joy because they found him. They found him, gave him frankincense and myrrh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's why they think there was three of them, but they could have been 30 of them. I don't have no idea. But the truth was there was great joy going on because no matter what the enemy tries to do to stop what you're doing, guess what? God's going to intercede. If it takes a star to lead you there, he'll take you through. If it takes 10, don't try it, and one that says, trust God, trust God. I mean, here's what I said. Quit listening to the naysayers. Because they'll always tell you you can't do it. God can do whatever God's called you to do. If he couldn't, he has no limit. When he looked at Job and said that, he has no limit. He knew what he could do. Then in the, 50, uh, the 24th chapter of Luke... He's talking to his disciples. 
He's already arose from the dead. He's talking to his disciples. Listen to this. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with what? Great joy. There it is, great joy again. Who's got the great joy now? The disciples got the great joy. Why? Because they not only saw him arose from the dead, but now they have seen him ascend right into the sky. How many knows we need, it? we need eternal life? How many knows we're going to need a new body? How many knows we're going to need a hope for our tomorrow and it ain't here? It ain't, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how healthy you are. You're going to need the new heaven and the new earth. And Jesus put the seal of approval on it all when he ascended before their eyes. Don't you understand? He resurrected. He went straight up into the cloud. And it says in Acts, he says, I will return in like manner to come and get me and you. The work's been done. The price has been paid. The Savior sits at the right hand of the Father. And he's waiting for the Father to say, go and get my children. I've had enough. Great joy. I believe that's why when they went and the Holy Spirit hit them, they realized right then on the day of Pentecost what God had been showing them. All of it began to start clearing up. And all of a sudden they knew their mission in the world. Take this great joy and this great news and give it to the world. Jesus has come. The Savior has come. The Messiah And in Luke 15, 7, Jesus told a parable about the lost sheep. It's a precious story. But I like what it said at the end of it. He said, I say unto you, when he found that lost sheep, brother, he said, I say unto you that likewise, Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents. More than over 99 just persons that need no repentance. I want to tell you something. Heaven rejoices over one soul. There's joy in heaven. Did you know the angels rejoiced when Jesus was coming to this earth? Now, the, now it says here that all of heaven rejoices. Over one soul that comes to him. You don't want to know why we invite you to come to Jesus? It's because he's the answer that you need. It ain't us. You can sign your name on a book. You can join and be buddies with everybody in here. But can I tell you something? You need to have Jesus inside of you. And you need to have the faith believing that he is the son of the living God that came 2,000 years ago, paid the price, and for everyone that will come, he will no wise cast out. And he will put joy inside of your heart. And he will take your mind and your eyes that you see here and that you see all those troubles and you worry and you run from one trouble to the next and you worry and fret over all these things. Can I tell you? He's telling you, get it all behind you. 
I am the one that you're to put your joy and your joy ought to be risen up inside of you because I will take you through everything. Nothing the enemy can do to take it away from you. Nehemiah, in the 8th chapter, when he was bringing back, Nehemiah is the one who went back and built the wall. The, the wall's built, the temple's built, and here comes Ezra the priest, and he's going to bring them back to the Word of God. How many knows, if you read your Word of God, you're going to find joy. You're going to find answers to your problems. But if you keep ignoring the word of God, guess what's going to happen? You ain't going to hear them. You're going to hear the world's ideal. You need the word of God inside of you. And when the, the Israel had gone out of the way and went into bondage, Nehemiah has done the going back and building the wall. Here comes Ezra to re reintroduce them to the word of God. And he begins to read God's word. Listen to what happens. It says in Nehemiah 8, he says in Nehemiah, uh, which is Tarshish, Tarshatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that talked to people, said unto the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. You know why they wept? Because they were away from God. They had got away from God. And you know what? You can be whoever you think you are. But if you allow the enemy to draw you away, ain't nobody throwing darts at you when you come back in here. Can I tell you? Just come back and come back to Jesus. Because can I tell you something? He's talking about when they came into the house. When they come there and they wanted to hear what Ezra done, Ezra got up and he began to open up the book. And he began to read the law. And he began to read God's word. They felt that conviction come upon them. They felt that, oh Lord, am I so far away? Are we so far away from you, Lord? I don't know about you, but I felt that when I was under conviction. When I went into the house of God, that's the last place I wanted to be. When I fell under conviction. But when you come into the place where you hear it, all of a sudden they were broken. It goes on to say in the ninth verse, or the tenth verse, Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to them that have for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be you sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, that's, I had to read that because that's the one that's got the scripture in it. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And can I tell you something? That's where we're lacking. We need to come into the house of God and know our joy is hearing from God. Our joy is hearing his words. Our joy is the needs to be risen up inside of us again. He's our strength. He gives you strength to go through what you're going to face tomorrow. You have no idea what your tomorrow. Carrie had no idea what her tomorrow held. 
But she needs God's strength. She needs the joy of the Lord. I'm a child of God. Whether I'm laying in a bed in a hospital, whether I'm standing on top of a mountain somewhere, whether I have great faith or a little faith, I'm a child of God. Rise up and call him the Savior. And know that he has paid the price. Psalm 16 says, In thy presence is the fullness of joy. Uh, Isaiah 12, 2 and 3 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. You know what? You keep on drawing from God. You keep knowing that as you come back to God, every time he humbles you on your face and he makes you cry out, Lord, I know I got problems and I need your help. Every time he leads you to that day, can I tell you something? He's being good to you. He loves you. He's trying to reach you. He's trying to help you be strong and have joy in your life. Make up your mind. Did you ever meet them people? You know, sometimes you worry to death about telling somebody, oh, it's going to be bad news. I got to tell you this bad news. And you know what? You can say it to some people. If they're a child of God, a lot of times they'll say, okay, we'll just pray about it. And you know what? I remember, Destel, when your father came into that uh, uh, hospital, when you was, they, we all was worried. We was all worried that you were not going to make it. Your father come in there, put that big smile on his face, and say, the Lord's got this. Don't worry about it. Lord's got it. He kept doing that, and I think he aggravated Whitey. I think he about aggravated everybody. Because he didn't have no doubt God was going to take care of it. And God took care of it. You know what? I praise God for people that has faith in God because they've been through too much to say, God don't know where I'm at. He knows right where I'm at. And he's going to take me through it. We, out of the wells of salvation, we continually share in the life God has provided for us. We continually receive from him. It's not a one time I got saved and I don't ever have no more feelings about nothing. So I'm just out here wound up waiting for my clock to run out. No, you're not. Get a hold of God every day of your life. Prepare yourself for your tomorrow because the enemy's coming after you. In John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done to you. How many's heard that scripture? We all like to read it, but sometimes we don't believe it. We don't believe if we just ask, we'll receive. What Carl said about healing, can I tell you something? We're afraid to ask because we don't really believe it's going to happen. Listen to what I'm telling you. Because I struggle. You struggle, I struggle. And we struggle. But we have to have the guts to stand up and say, Jesus, you paid a price for me. And all those sicknesses are in your hands. 
You know how to deliver me from every area of my life. There's nothing, no enemy, there's no cancer, there's no diseases, there's no COVID, there's no anything that they come up with that this world will put down on you that God won't say, give me your hands. Let's agree together and rise up and begin to shout. What you be like Paul, I'm in, a, I'm in that betwixt between the two. Well, if I go home, that's just better. But if I don't, I'm going to praise him anyway. We sing about, Lord, bring the rain. But when it comes, we whine and complain. Sometimes he's doing you a favor bringing the rain. He does me favors bringing me rain. I don't like rainy days. I mean, I sit on the porch and watch it sometimes. But, but the truth is, rainy days will mess up your little walk. Your little life. It says in verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Now here, see, that kind of tells on us. We're not continuing in his love. We're letting everything in this world pull us away from loving people and loving God. Aren't we? Think about it. I love you, but I'm busy. I ain't got time to talk to you. I love you, but I ain't got time to pray with you. Because I think you probably deserve what you got anyway. I mean, we're almost that bad. I know I sound terrible saying that. But the real truth is, we have to stop ourselves and remember whose child we are. We got to stop ourselves and remember I'm a child of God, and I belong to what he wants me to do. That's my life. No more is it about me. It's about him. It says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. We don't have no joy, church, sometimes. We are lacking the joy. And I want to tell you something. That joy's got to come from inside. And when it comes from inside, you can see it. Don't put it on as a false face. Because you can sing a happy song and walk out of here as miserable as you was when you came in. You need to have joy inside. Lord, I have made up my mind. I'm going to love you and I'm going to serve you and I'm going to have joy and my joy is going to be full. I don't want to just say, don't give me the little thimble of it. Don't give me one of these little cups like they use for the communion. I want all I can get of God every time. I need it. And every time he puts me through that trial, and that I want it all. When I read what David went through in that 30th chapter, I'm thinking to myself, the Lord, he had made up his mind. I'm not leaving here till I hear from you, Lord. I need you, Lord. You are my source. You're my strength. I need your joy, Lord. I need your hope inside of me. I need your words inside of me. 16th chapter of John. He said, Verily, verily, I say, in verse 20, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
that you shall weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she's in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born in the world. And you now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's getting ready to leave them. And he said, I know you're sorrowful. I know you don't understand. I know you're wor worried and you're weeping and you're telling me, no, you're not going there. No, they're not going to do that. No, we're going to protect you. We're going to fight with you. We're going to die with you. But he goes on to say, but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man takes from you. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily I, verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. I don't know if you're hearing that. But if you refuse to ask, you're not going to get back into the joy of the Lord. Ask and you shall receive. Jesus is saying here, this is before the cross. He's saying after the cross, you ask in my name to the Father, and he's going to give you what you need. How many hears what I'm saying? Don't you know God will give you what you need? Just the same as he knew exactly where Job was, he knows right where you're at. He knows every time you messed up. He knows, knows every plan he had for your life. He knows all about it. But he's telling you, you need to ask me. And you ask in my name. And the Father will give you these things. I want the Father's will in my life. I don't want to be like David was saying there, I don't want to be sitting somewhere where I have set and soured up on God and I've soured up on his word and I've soured up on prayer and I've soured up on loving people. Sometimes it's hard to love people. Isn't it? Sometimes it's even hard to love your, your family. You know what? Sometimes those things are rough. And then I realized sometimes I was tough to love, you know. And I've said this before, but you can go down the street and you can get real aggravated at drivers. And the truth is, it's hard to love them. It's hard to say, man, I just wish that guy would pull over so I could witness to him. <laughs> you want to witness, but not that way. <laughs> but the real truth is, God wants us to look to love people. If you're looking for problems, you'll find them. If you're looking for your bad attitude, God will show it to you. But we need to be loving people. And we need to love him enough to know what he paid, what he went through. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. What kind of love does a Savior have? to hang on the cross and forgive those put him there. How much are we to love people? 
How far are we to go? Have mercy on people. You need mercy. I need mercy. We all need it. Come on back up, man. Peter said, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trying of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When he comes back, don't you want to be one that says, Lord, I've loved people like you loved them. I've helped them. I've reached out to people. I was trying to be kind. I was trying to show your love that you gave me. I was trying to show it to others. Can we say that at his appearing? Or do we have to hide our head and say, Lord, I was that one hiding in the corner that didn't care. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom though we see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. I had never seen Jesus' face. I've seen him in people. But I've never seen his face. But one day he's going to appear. But I believe him. Don't you believe him? Oh, I've seen him move. I see his presence moving in the room sometimes. I can feel his presence. My wife drawed some of the kids and the grandkids to the house the other day. And she gave her testimony. And it may not be their testimony, but it's her testimony. And can I tell you, I've been around her for 50-something years. And I can tell you right now, what she spoke was true from her heart. And I could feel God's presence because I was there a lot of times when she went through those things. And I know that the enemy tried to tell her she was leaving this life. She was not going to see her children or her grandchildren grow up. The enemy was attacking her in every way. But the presence of God moved into the room. You know what he's doing? He's showing our children and our grandchildren Mama believes what she's talking about. She's just not telling you words. She's not teaching you some religion. She's talking to you about what happened when Jesus moved into her heart. Isn't that good? You know what, moms and dads? We need to let our children know we have a testimony. God spoke to my heart. God spoke to my life. God was there in this time and in that time. He carried me through. Some of you have been through many hard days. God has been with you. You're here today. It ain't how smart you are. It ain't how many trials you went through. But it's that you learned to trust in Him. Lord, I've learned to trust you. I got to learn to hear you. I got to learn that if I don't hear you, I need to dig in till I do hear you. Praise God.
one day soon the enemy will rejoice I read this I didn't have time to, to go with it but I want you to hear this in Revelation 11th chapter talks about two witnesses that come and they preach the gospel around the whole world and they're hated by everybody and they're obviously put on television because the Antichrist will rise up, the beast will, and kill them, and they will be seen on TV or seen on uh, around the world for three days. Then the Spirit of God will move into them. But right before they die, you know what it says? It says they finished their work. When you finish your work, I don't care what the devil does to you or what he thinks he's done. But anyway, God has gave you a job to do, a finish. Those witnesses will finish that job. The world will celebrate that they died and even send gifts to one another. And they won't bury them. Three days, three and a half days, they'll lay there. Then the Spirit of God will come back in them and the whole world will see it. And they'll rise up. See, the devil thinks he's got a hold, but he doesn't. God's going to get his point across. And God's going to reveal the truth. We are living by faith, every one of us. I've never seen Jesus' face, but I can tell you right now, he's alive and well. He's real. We need him. This church needs him. I held you a little longer today, and I'm sorry. But can I tell you something? I'm not sorry about the Word of God. The Word of God is what you need to hear it, and you need to put it inside. The one scripture says, I saw it, I took it, I ate it, I chewed it up, I put it inside of me. Why? It's the Word of God that you need to feed on. And if you feed on it, it'll build your strength and your faith in Him. Tonight, we won't, won't preach to you. We'll just sing you to death. But you need to be in the house of God. Because I don't just enjoy being preached at. I enjoy rejoicing. I want God to know my voice that he gave me is for him. So if it's a praise, I need to praise him. Sometimes I need to let myself go and just say, Lord, I owe you praise. And I'm going to praise you. Come back if you can. We have a trustees meeting today. For those that forgot, I pray that you can come back at 4 o'clock, the trustees. We have a trustees meeting. I thank you for your patience today. But if you need to pray, if you need healing, I ain't the healer. But can I tell you, the Spirit of God is here. And we will pray and anoint you just like the Bible says. And God will lift you up. Do you believe that? Are you looking at us as the ones? No, it's him you come to. While they sing. Once my soul was straight from the heavenly way. I was wretched and Savior in love 
Thank you.